This is a podcast from Tbilisi International Christian Fellowship, a gathering of many nations who are one in Christ. Great to be here. The rumors are true. I do have a wife. She's right over there. We, up until now, rarely have appeared together, but uh, due to popular demand, we decided that we better come to be in the same place at the same time to quash any, any false ideas about us. We are a couple. We've been married for about 13 years. So there it is. Great to be here. Um, now, could, could we have these lights in here off, please? Um, I'm going to be reading, and you're going to be watching stuff up there. We're going to look at, first of all, Genesis chapter 1, the start of the story of creation. There are two very different or somewhat different accounts in Genesis, Genesis 1 and 2 of creation. We're going to be looking at chapter 1 today. So I will read, and I will point to my slide guy, and he will give us the slides as I threaten him with my finger. Okay. So, Lord, bless the reading of your word in Jesus' name. Amen. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning, the first day. First thing I want us to notice here is that we haven't started talking about where this light is coming from yet, the sources of the light. God will be creating those a little bit later on, but it's really interesting that we have light from God's word, but not from sun, moon, or stars yet. We're getting there. Okay. Um, and God said, let there be an expanse between the waters to separate water from water. So God made the expanse and separated the water under the expanse from the water above it. And it was so. God called the expanse sky. And there was evening and there was morning the second day. So we're starting to get a little bit of form and a little bit of structure now. And God said, let the water under the sky be gathered to one place and let dry ground appear. And it was so. God called the dry ground land, and the gathered waters he called seas, and God saw that it was good. Then God said, let the land produce vegetation, seed-bearing plants and trees on the land that bear fruit with seed in it according to their various kinds. And it was so, the land produced vegetation, plants bearing seed according to their kinds, and trees bearing fruit with seed in it according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good, and there was morning, evening, and there was morning the third day. Can't remember how many of these I had now. 
Yeah, that's the last one for that, that day. And God said, let there be lights in the expanse of the sky to separate the day from the night and let them serve as signs to mark seasons and days and years. And let them be lights in the expanse of the sky to give light on the earth. And it was so. God made two great lights, the greater light to govern the day and the lesser light to govern the night. He also made the stars. God set them in the expanse of the sky to give light on the earth, to govern the day and the night, and to separate light from darkness. And God saw that it was good, and there was evening, and there was morning, the fourth day. And God said, Let the water teem with living creatures and let birds fly above the earth and across the expanse of the sky. So God created the great creatures of the sea and every living, living and moving thing with which the water teems. There's not one of the great creatures, one of the small creatures, but it is one of the, the things in the water. And every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. God blessed them and said... Be fruitful and increase in number and fill the water in the seas and let the birds increase on the earth. And there was evening and there was morning the fifth day. I think there's at least one more bird. Is there another bird? Yes. <laughs> Maybe one more? Or is that the end of the birds? Nope. Okay. Now we're on the next day. And God said, let the land produce living creatures according to their kinds, livestock, creatures that move among, uh, along the ground, and wild animals, each according to its kind. And it was so. God made the wild animals according to their kinds, the livestock according to their kinds, and all the creatures that move along the ground according to their kinds. That one's about two millimeters big. That one's a lot bigger. Okay. Then God said, Let us make man in our image, in our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, over the livestock, over all the earth, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Oops, we're way out of sync here. Sorry. Uh, let's keep on going with the critters. Okay, that's, that's, yeah, something got mixed up there, but never mind. God is, God is still doing his thing. Okay. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Recognize that silhouette?
Then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. They will be yours for food. And to all the beasts of the earth and all the birds of the air and all the creatures that move on the ground, everything that has breath, has the breath of life in it, I give every green plant for food. And it was so. God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. This is now Genesis 2. And so on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. And God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. So that's our first creation account. Thank you. We can get rid of those now. So don't necessarily think of this as um, how you deal with the six days of creation. I'm not, I'm not going to say you have to deal with it this way or that way. But it's really interesting that we have light before we have the sun or the stars, for example. The whole process is... Po poetic, I think. It's poetic and it's beautiful. But how to understand it, we're going to have to wait, I think, until we get there and say, could you, could you show us the real slideshow of what that looked like, please, just so we can end all of our arguments about, you know, six days or X billion years or anything in between or whatever. Just the thing that we can agree on, though, is that God made it. That's the important thing. God made it. He made it. It was made by him. And also it was made for him, which I love. Because, you know, God made this thing and he enjoys it. This creation that he made. And any of you who have ever made anything of any kind, you can take pleasure in what you've made, whether it's something you've written or a composition of sound that you've made, something that is visual art, a play, um, all the forms of art, good cooking that we, that, we, that we enjoy the taste and the smell of. You enjoy what you've made. You've made it for your pleasure, presumably as well for the pleasure of others, and you take pleasure in what you've made, and God is that way too. He didn't just make it and then kind of walk away and and not have any feelings about it. He made it, and he loves it, and he's pleased with it. Even though um, a lot of the barriers that people have to coming to faith, people who are not in faith, they look around and they say, this world is such a mess, how can you believe that God made the world, and, and there's so much suffering, and, and everything is running down, and there's entropy or, or decay, and, and there's death, and how can you say that there's a God? We'll get to that. But the beauty remains. The beauty remains, and that's what I want us to focus on today. Today we have a lot of good news. We're not going to get to the bad news yet, because that's later on in, in this series of messages. But for now, we are just drenched in glory. It's, it's the beginning of the creation of the whole universe. It's set up and running, and it's magnificent. Made by him, made for him, made by his word. He spoke, and it came into being. So... You know, what can we make? Um, can we make a single atom or a single proton or a single neutron? 
We can't make any of those things. We can only work with what's there. We can work with what God has made. Not even Satan, the most powerful being that God created when he was Lucifer. Not even he can create out of nothing. But that's what God did. God created out of nothing by saying, let there be, let there be, let there be. And there was, and he saw that it was good. All of it. It was good. It was perfect. It was up and running. It was glorious. It was magnificent. So this is what I want us to focus on today, is the glory of God's creation. A lot of scientists today um, cannot afford, they would say, to allow something into their worldview that isn't material. And so they call themselves materialists. You know, if I can touch it, if I can hear it, if I can see it, smell it, taste it, or measure it in some way, that's what I believe in. But anything that's outside that, woo, scary, because you start getting into absolutes. You know, where does your absolute sense of right and wrong come from? You know, if there really isn't any absolute right and wrong, then I could just bring a gun and start shooting, you know. Um, and no one should be able to say to me, you're wrong. That was wrong what you did. But there is underlying all of this nature, or above it, you could say, there's a supernature in which nature exists. And there is morality. So it's not just the physical world. The physical world is like a shadow of the real world, the big world. Um, scientists are quite afraid of that, but what, 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 what can we say? Um, we're still discovering how the world works, and every day, every week, if you read science news, if you read medical news or news of uh, physical processes or whatever, we're still, we're still finding things out, and, and we're still amazing ourselves. You know, it's an ongoing process. We're not there yet. Um, but it's not chaotic. There is structure there. There is order there. Um, so, this is the God who made it. And if you just open your eyes and look, you start to see how beautiful it is and how amazing it is in spite of death, in spite of natural disaster, in spite of sin in our lives. The universe and we are still wonderful. Would you like to hear some amazing facts about the human body? Okay, because the Bible says in Psalm 139, verse 14, that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. That was the, uh, the King James version of it. The idea is that we are made in a way that is amazing. So, messages from the human brain travel along nerves at more than 300 kilometers an hour. Well, that's way faster than our speed limits on the highways here. In an adult human, one quarter of their bones are in the foot. How weird is that? There are more bacteria in a human mouth than there are people in the world. Whoa. Okay, I guess that's why we brush our teeth. Um, but they live there. We don't kill them every time we brush our teeth. They're there and they, they serve a purpose. There are 10 times more bacteria cells in your body than human cells. How does that make you feel? 
like maybe a tenant in a very big building with 90% of the building owned and operated and taken up by bacteria. Oh my word, does that make you want to scrub yourself all over? No, because they're, they're, they're part of us. That, that's, that, we're a colony, you could say. Okay, we have the brain, we have the heart, we have the spirit, but there's a lot of bacteria in us. If all of a human being's DNA were uncoiled, because it's very, very tightly wound up, all of it, and put end to end, every single DNA from every cell in our body, it would stretch six billion kilometers from Earth to Pluto and back. Is that a trip? That's a trip. Okay, there's enough DNA in us to reach Pluto and back. Pluto is, you know, when it, was, when it had planet status, it was the furthest away of all the planets. You know, that is so wild. Fearfully and wonderfully made. Make sense? For an adult human, taking just one step uses up to 200 muscles. Wow. A human skeleton renews itself completely every 10 years. Well, that's, that's good news, I think. Bone is five times stronger than a steel bar of the same width, but it is brittle. That means it can break easily. The body can detect taste in a tiny fraction of a second, like a thousandth of a second, which is faster than the blink of an eye. Every hour, humans shed about 600,000 particles of skin, or about half a kilogram every year. <laughs> they say that dust in our houses is mostly made up of, out of our skin. By the time a person is 70 years old, they will have lost about 47 kilograms of skin. So there's one way to lose weight. <laughs> Just sit around and shed. The brain contains 86 billion nerve cells joined by 100 trillion connections. Right up here. This is more than the number of stars in the Milky Way galaxy. Wow. That's a complicated piece of meat we have up here, you know, that does all of our thinking for us. It's complicated. It's amazing. A human sneeze can travel at about the speed that you're allowed to drive in Tbilisi. 60 kilometers an hour. Bless you. Here's one I bet you didn't know. The average human produces enough saliva in an average lifetime to fill two swimming pools. <laughs> we are amazing creations. Your spit, by the way, contains your entire genetic blueprint. That's why on all those uh, detective shows, um, they want to see your coffee cup when you walk away if you're a suspect. Because just from that, from you drinking a coffee, you've left enough saliva on your coffee cup that they can tell who you are. Wow. The human brain, the human brain uses just as much power as one of those 10-watt light bulb. That's all. Pretty, um, pretty energy efficient for all the thinking that goes on up here and all the memories that are up there. An average person walks about 161,000 kilometers in his or her lifetime, which is like walking around the world four times at the equator. Congratulations. There's another way of losing weight. Circle the world four times. 
Man, we are, we are just trippy. We're amazing. I, I, I get, I f- I'm fascinated by, the, by this, this kind of information because we're made by God. And all of the stuff that we are, all of these organs that, that work together so well, that's us, you know, and it's controlled by a consciousness. You know, it's not just, um, it's not just a thing. It's, it, it, it knows itself. That's the amazing thing. We know ourselves and we can speculate about ourselves and about everything else, you know. Um, so this, this can't think for itself. Not even this laptop of mine can think for itself, but this can, you know. And this can develop new, new stuff, which is, which is incredible. That's what creativity is. Humans spend about five years of their lives eating. <laughs> wow, okay. Um, there's, there's too much of this to, to go into, but I hope you get a sense of how amazing we are. And some of it is, is hilarious, and some of it is, is maybe disgusting, and some of it is weird, and, and, and we don't even know why. Like, what is the appendix for, or whatever. You know, Bruno, have we, have we figured it out yet? It's just there, okay? You can take it out, and, and you'll be fine. Try taking your liver out and see how fine you'll be. Not a lot. Okay, so we are, we are fearfully and wonderfully made, and the Bible says that we are, we are the height of God's creation, and he made us in his image as well, which is something else incredible. Um, when Jesus revealed himself, he came as one of us. The son of God, who is God himself, came down to earth and took our form. He didn't take the form of any other living creature or any other thing. Um, and we can worship him as God. We don't worship idols. We don't worship nature. All of those things are going to lead us astray. But we worship Jesus because he is God and he was man as well at the same time. So that is, that is the nature of Jesus. And we'll be, we'll be getting to that as well. Um, I'll, I'll tell you one amazing fact about the universe. So if light travels at about 300,000 kilometers not per hour, per second, that's the fastest thing that we know of that, that can travel so far outside of science fiction. So the light from our sun, our sun is so far away that that light takes just over eight minutes to reach us, every photon of light that the sun produces from its surface. For that light to go from the, the edge of the, uh, the, the outer surface of the sun to reach our eyes and be seen by us, takes eight minutes, just over eight minutes. So what we're seeing when we look at the sun, if we dare to, or if we look, you know, around the sun, it's eight minutes old. It's not, it's not now, it's eight minutes ago. Does that make sense? Okay. But if we look at the night sky, everything else is further away than the sun, except for the moon. Everything else, all those stars are further away. So picture this, when you look at the night sky, you are traveling in time. Because every star that you see, the light that, that that star makes to get to you has to travel for what we call light years. So if, a, if light is traveling so fast that it's, you know, circling the earth many times in a second, and still the light from a star takes years to reach us, the closest ones are three or four light years away. That is so far away. But when we're looking at Alpha Centauri, for example, we're seeing light that's three or four years old, you know. And the, the, the further away we look, the older that light is to get to us. I'm not saying that that means that the universe is 
13.4 billion years old. I'm just saying that when we look out, we're seeing old light that's reaching us. God could have made it yesterday and, and set it all in place, and, and we wouldn't know the difference, okay? Because that light, he would have made the light and, and put everything in place and then woken us up and said, here it is. And we would think, oh, it's billions of years old. We don't know. We're going we're gonna to have to ask him, okay? I will leave it at that as far as age goes. Um, so what does all this say about God as creator? All of the magnificence that's there. All of the variety that we see in nature, on the earth, in the universe. What does it say about the creator? That's, that's one of my big questions. Think about that, how creative God is to make all of these different things for his pleasure and for our pleasure. How many different kinds of fruit are there? I mean, and how many different smells of flowers and, and, and the way that flowers look, they're all so different from each other. You know, why? Why did there have to be so many different kinds of fruit and flowers? Maybe the bees would just be satisfied with one of each, you know, one kind of flower. Let's leave it at that. I can pollinate that and I can make my honey and, and so on. But, you know, there's so many different kinds of these things and they all taste different. Lali and I have um, pear trees that are now a few years old. And I'm not much of a, of a, of a fruit fanatic, I have to say. I, I don't eat enough fruit. But when I tasted the pears off our fruit tree this year, we got, we got our, our biggest crop of pears so far. They were, they were hard, and, and I thought, okay, I, I hope they're, they're still juicy. When I bit into it, it was so full of juice, it almost exploded in my mouth. And it was just a sensation, and I couldn't stop eating pears. You know, I didn't eat chocolate. Pears were better. And they're all gone now, sorry. Um, but, yeah, when you come up and visit us next uh, October or November... That's when pear season is, and you're welcome to try some of our pears. They're marvelous. But, you know, pears are different from apples. They're different from plums and all the fruit that you can think of. They say that there are 8,000 varieties of wine in Georgia. Right, Ira? Yes. 8,000 varieties just of grape. I mean, how crazy is that? You know, and so many different kinds of apples. When my wife buys apples, she can't just buy one kind of an apple. She has to buy about six different kinds because they're all different, you know. And God made this for pleasure, for us to enjoy. It's, it's incredible. And I, I hope that you're grateful for it because I sure am. It's, it's an amazing world. And every day when, when I open my eyes, I see things that I, that I never saw before. I've lived in, lived in Swanetti for 15 years. I never get tired of it. I never get tired of the beauty. I had some opportunity to drive through the province just before Lali and I left. And the fall colors were in full blaze of all the, the reds and yellows and oranges. And then the evergreens were still green. And snow was coming on the top le levels of it as well. Winter was creeping down. And it was just this explosion of beauty that made me go, wow, God, wow, wow. I hardly know what to say. I'm just in awe. Because that's... That's what happens every year up there and all over the place, even in Tbilisi now. I look right out the window and I see yellow leaves here. By the way, did you know what the real color of leaves is? The real color of leaves is what you're seeing now. Do you know what's happening right now when all the leaves are changing colors? They are losing their chlorophyll that makes them green. It's like 
a person, it's like a woman stopping dyeing her hair, okay? Suddenly the natural hair color is coming out. You know, the chlorophyll is the hair dye, and the natural color is, is what's underneath. Well, that's what we're seeing now. We're, we're seeing naturally colored leaves right now. That is so wild. I only learned that recently. Oh, my word. Okay, here's another one, one more incredible fact from nature. Do, um, do you guys know what a prime number is? Prime number is any number that you can't divide by smaller numbers. Okay, so all the even numbers, 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, and so on, are all prime numbers. All the numbers that end in 5, sorry, all the, all the even numbers are, are not prime numbers. All the numbers that end in 5 are not prime numbers, but every other number might be a prime number. 1, 3, 5 is, it's the, the only uh, prime number that, that ends in 5, 7, and so on. Okay, there's an insect called a cicada or a cicada. It lives most of its life underground as a larva, and it only comes out to fly and to seek a mate and then to die on prime numbers of years. Is that weird? A cicada can live for as long as 17 years underground. I bet you never thought an insect could live that long. These are insects. They can live 17 years in the ground as a larva before they come out, or 13, or 11, or whatever. And scientists think that the reason why they do this very strange cycle, why they have it, is so that they can avoid their their predators, because their predators are not clever enough to count in prime numbers. (laughs) But the cicadas are. How trippy is that? An insect can count primes. You know, we, it took us a long time before we knew what prime numbers were, but insects haven't figured out, this, this particular insect anyway. There's a lot of interesting stuff out there that just makes you say, God, you're, you're amazing, you're incredible, show me more, tell me more, reveal yourself to me. That's what I want us to take away from this. Lord, let me know you who made everything. That's, that's our first what, what our first response should be to this wonder of who God is. God is creator, and we should worship him as creator. Not his creation. Romans 1 warns us against that. Don't you dare worship the creation, or you'll go badly astray. Worship the God who made it. Also, he set us up to care for it, or to be stewards of it, to look after it, not to, not to mess it up, not to pollute it, not to defile it and, and wreck it and ruin it, but to, to rule it with wisdom and grace and humility as the rulers of the world. Um, ruling but not ruining. We should be proclaiming this God and saying to people, hey, look around. Do you not notice? Do you not see what God has made? It's not, just, it's not something that just came out of nothing. It came out of God's mouth. And it's amazing. Take note. And by the way, the God who made all this is interested in you. He's interested in you. He wants to know you. He doesn't want just us to know him, but he wants to know you. He wants a relationship with you. He wants to talk to you. Adam walked with God. Enoch walked with God. They had this relationship. Um, And another 
response that we can, we can have to creation and to the beauty that we see is to participate in more creation. And that's where art comes in. Whether we are producing music, again, or visual art, or drama, or food, or writing, or whatever, we are what J.R.R. Tolkien called sub-creators. He called himself that. We are sub-creators. We take what God has made and we refashion it for our own pleasure, for the pleasure of other people, and ultimately, hopefully, for God's pleasure if it's good. You know, and I hope that we can also look at what we make and say it is good. Even our own children, those are products of our own creativity. So, you know, there's this, um, one, of the, one of the TV uh, or, or movie um, uh, companies has, at, at, right at the end of the credits, is always, uh, there's this little kid's voice saying, I made this! You know, and it's like being proud of what we made, right? Yes, yes. God, God looked back and said, it is good. In a sense, he was saying, I made this. Here I am. This is me. So let us think. Let us worship. Let us glorify God. Let us share his glory with people who are walking with, you know, with their eyes on their cell phone. Hello, look up. Look up, it's a beautiful day. Acknowledge the beauty, the amazingness of the world, even though it's running down, even though there's death and decay, and we have questions like the psalmist, why God, why? We'll get to those, get to those questions, but there still is beauty, and that's what I want us to remember. And we participate in that by worshiping God and by being creative people. I'm not saying we're all artists, but we're all made in the image of God. Let's think about that. There's many different ways to be creative. Thank you for listening. Whatever your culture is, whatever your language is, you have something unique in you and in your culture to display about God to the rest of the peoples and cultures of the world for the rest of eternity. Let's enjoy that together. Thank you. This podcast was from Tbilisi International Christian Fellowship. Learn more about us online at ticf-georgia.org. Thanks for listening.